right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for On The Mark, fueled by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day as we welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Good morning, Spec. Hey, what's going on, Kev? Well, it's not my... normal here. (laughs) Not minus 30 for a change to wake up to. Yeah, I see you're wearing a nice uh, Oilers Nation hoodie there. You miss the days at Global when you had to wear a suit every day? Not at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. The other thing, too, you know, for, well, I was at Global 25 years and then another eight years in other markets. In the summertime, I wore shorts all the time. And I wore under your suit. Pad. Yeah, I wore them on under the desk, you know. And then, and then during COVID spec, we were forced to stand up because we had to have that distance in the studio. And then I had to go, <laughs> had to wear pants. I was like, this is just brutal because it was nice and cool in the summertime. You know, you're under the desk. You had that breeze flowing through the studio on your legs. Not, yeah, yeah. It didn't work out after that. But it is wow. a lot better weather wise. And we were t- touching uh, on and off the top of the show about. The Toronto media comes out here, and the Leafs for that matter too, but they get in here last night or whatever, yesterday afternoon, and it's bitterly cold, and uh, you kind of hear through the grapevine that they're not exactly enjoying our balmy temperatures out here. (laughs) (laughs) Tough luck, pal. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I talked to my boss yesterday in Toronto. He goes, ah, it's freezing here, man. (laughs) I said, oh, yeah, how cold is it? He goes, ah, it's like minus 12. Yeah. (laughs) I was like... Uh, yeah, tough luck, pal. Yeah, I think um, I, I was listening. I heard some Toronto media kind of going, we're not going out. They'll be using, you know, they're just going to go from the hotel, the catwalk across 104 and just stay indoors totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. I guess, I guess I'd say to you, when you go on a business trip to some city, you, you know, I was just in Montreal and their snow was crappy because we got a whole bunch of snow there, but within an hour it turns into slush. Mm-hmm. So you go down the street to walk somewhere and it's all piled up in the side of the road and it's, it's wet. Like if you don't have rubber boots in January, you're soaked. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't travel with rubber boots, pal. I'm walking around in runners. My feet are soaked. No fun. So I get it. You're on the road. You don't have the equipment to go out in the winter weather like this, but you know what? Maybe it's just because I'm an Edmontonian, but I'll take a little colder and snow that remains snow. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with snow, and now this stuff's fallen, and it's going to be regular snow. I don't need, like, it's not getting soaking wet here. Uh, I'm fine with this weather, man. I'm from here, and I like it. Me too. Uh, Mark Spector, Rogers Sportsnet on Sports 1440. So, Leafs, Oilers tonight, and it is just every time these two teams meet in the last couple of years, I mean, it's star power. It's plain and simple star power. You know, the big four in Toronto and, you know, some big, big stars here, obviously. So everyone looks forward to this game, and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, I think it's – and, you know, these this game and the Calgary game come along at a really good time for Edmonton. You know, they've won a lot of games here. Uh, they're starting to, you know, their power play is running out of a little steam and their offense, their offense is running out of steam a little bit the last three games. And they're at that point. They're coming home from a road trip. Uh, this, if this was, you know, Arizona or Minnesota coming in here, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't have a great feeling about this game. But because it's the one visit a year from Toronto, I think everyone has. There, no one will lack attention, right? The Oilers players are. They still get excited to play Toronto. Everyone still has a bit of a chip when the when McDavid looks across and sees his buddy Austin Matthews. You know, that gives them a little jump, 
right? It gives them a little jump. So that and going into Calgary on a Saturday night, no one no one is lacking attention when you're in the Saddle Dome on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll figure out Seattle on Thursday when we get there, but uh, you'll see a good Oilers team tonight. And you know what, Speck, it also, like Austin Matthews gets that jump as well. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's it's always fun, and and you know what? If and if anyone's a little bit sleepy, that crowd tonight that's fifty percent Toronto fans because yeah. so many orders people sell their tickets, uh, they'll snap to attention the minute someone starts cheering uh, Mitch Marner in Edmonton. It reminds me, Speck, when you when you likened McDavid and Matthews that they look across and they they get that little extra step. I remember uh, I talked to Tom Gilbert years ago when he was here. And you remember, like, about three, four, or five minutes left in the game on the Jumbotron in that last uh, TV timeout, they would play uh, that little uh, speech in the, in the locker room with uh, Al Pacino from Any Given Sunday about Claude yeah. and, you know, that, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And I said to Tom Gilbert, I said, man, that just, you guys must just get so pumped up and fired up on the bench. And he looks at me, he goes, yeah, so does the other team. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no no that's for sure and and it works like when you have a fan base like toronto toronto gets to get cheered in every building in the league right so sure that's worth something to them i mean they probably get a little bit immune to it after a while but no, no, the the a good crowd pumps up the visitors just as much as it pumps up the home team that's for sure Mark Spector, Rogers Sportsnet on Sports 1440, uh, Kevin Carey Show, 808 in Edmonton. Um, so, Speck, we did see that, you know, the top two lines were, you know, they stayed together for the most part until just recently. And now because of illness and a little bit of tweaking and, and maybe a lack a fall off in, in a little bit of play from line number two, now we see Evander Kane being bumped up there. You had the article we discussed it about, you know, a week ago or so. Uh, so what do you make of uh, just a little tweaking with the lines here? Well, I mean, because you can't have, you know, you can only take a guy like Evander Kane, who you're expecting 25 to 30 goals from, and play him with Ryan and and Connor Brown so long. Like he did, he spent a good, whatever it was, was it a month yeah, with those guys? Good three weeks anyway. Something like that. Uh, and that's fine. It's, it's called being a team player. If that's what's working, they were winning. You know, I talked to Vander Kane, and, and if you look at that article, I saw, uh, you know, that wasn't a Vander Kane peeing and moaning about being on the third line. I went to him. He said, uh, I don't know if we, I don't think this is a good time. And, you know, I said, look, like, I'm not here to get you complaining. I'm just writing about the story. Because as a guy following the team like yourself, Kev, clearly it was a story. Mm-hmm. They're wasting Evander Kane on a third line. The, the coach, Chris Knobloch, admitted to me, said, oh, yeah, he's underused down there. There's no question. So anyone around the team could see it coming. Uh, and, and frankly, if you have an asset that's sitting there on the third line that's supposed to be getting you 30 goals and he's playing with a fourth-line center and a guy that's got three points all year – you're not using the asset properly. So uh, Vander Kane's a top six player on any team in the league, and he should be a top six player on this team. And although you take your turn taking one for the team, in the end, Vander Kane should be in your top six. Totally agree. Love the article. And uh, it was a, I think it was a perfect time, and I love the way uh, Chris Knobloch responded as well, as, as well as Vander Kane. So uh, with the Leafs, we always talk about, you know, how – Top heavy their lineup is. I don't think they can ever get away with that or get get away from that. Is it just the roster makeup and that that's how it is? Well, so what are you trying to accomplish you know, in Toronto? 
Yeah. You know, what they've built over the last, you know, their rebuild is relatively concurrent with Edmonton's. And I'm taking this thing all the way back to like 2010 here. Um, they've been trying to get good and they've built an excellent regular season team there. You know, they've built a good regular season team, an above average one, but they've won one playoff round the whole Mm -hmm. time. Right. You know, you can, you can say the Oilers have underachieved and that's fair to have that opinion, but they've won, you know, they've played in five playoff rounds just the last two years alone. So, you know, they're, they have they're a lot close they've won playoff series they've been successful at playoff hockey they've made it through those kings teams that pushed them to the end they they got to the conference final my point is this i don't know what toronto's trying to build there because every year they lose because they don't have a, a good enough defense they don't have a good enough defense and they don't have good enough goaltending and every year they go back and sign a high-end forward and make shift on their blue line this team they got right now, it's a hell of a regular season team. And it's the exact same thing mm-hmm. with the playoffs. Start. Look at their defense. It is not close to a playoff defense. And I don't know what they're going to do in goal, but right now it ain't good enough. That is for sure. And when you look to next year, I would, unless TJ Brody comes back next year and signs a very, very team friendly contract, they will likely lose him, which just leaves Morgan Riley technically on the back end of, you know, a guy that you can really count on and depend upon. But next year, you know, Austin Matthews bumps up to 13 and a quarter. Tavares is still at 11. That'll be his final year of his contract. Mitch Marner just under 11. And then William Nylander bumps up to 11.5. So, I mean, I don't know how you can construct more of a, of a roster going forward with anyone besides, you know, $1 million or $2 million players that are plugging the holes. Well, and like how many, you know, I guess I'd say to you that how many times do you need to run into the door before you figure out maybe I should turn the knob and open it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like they've been, it's not a new issue. Their defense, it's not team, let's talk about team defense later. You got to get six defensemen first. And they've been lacking on their blue line for 10 years it's not good enough they've got always a couple of real nice defensemen there they don't have a group of six that can win in the playoffs they didn't they haven't Mm -hmm. and they don't this year like i don't i just don't get how you know the great kyle dubas built himself a hell of a regular season team but how he couldn't recognize that the game changes in the playoffs and i gotta build a team that can win that game i just i'm just a dumb sports writer from out west kev that's all i am (laughs) I've been watching the same movie in Toronto for 10 years and it's got the same ending every year and no one can figure that out like west of Dryden, Ontario. Like what the hell is going on here? I just, it seems like such an easy equation and here we are again. It's 2024. The Leafs have no blue line and they're hoping to win playoff rounds again. Well, I mean, I mean, Timmy Lilligren will probably get a, a raise next year, I would imagine. And I mean, William okay Lagason, yeah, William Lagason, uh, you know, he couldn't cut it here. He's one of their, <laughs> he's he's in the in the rotation there. Mark Giordano's forty years old. Yeah, uh, you know, sitting out the odd game, which he probably has to. But man, it's it's a it is a patchwork defense when you look at it. Yeah, you're you're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Anyway, do you see anything? See anything on the Oilers front here in the next little bit? When when you're winning ten in a row, obviously you're not making many changes or you're not thinking about tinkering or anything like that. But I mean, Ken Holland's obviously still working the phone, seeing seeing what's out there. 
Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, we're the the trade deadline is what, Kev? March eight, I yeah, believe, right? Yeah, it's so ways away. Know, what are we? We're yeah, seven we're a weeks month and a half. Yeah. Sorry, seven weeks. You know, six, seven it's weeks. Seven weeks. So it's you won't see. You know, there's, you're not pulling the trigger on anything quite yet. Uh, I think this is good that they, we get, you know, we've had a chance to look at the Oilers when it hasn't been working and we saw a lot of holes and we thought, okay, they need this, they need that. Now we've, they've put it together here and we've had an extended time to see an Oilers team that is working. And I think we're all recalibrating, right? Mm -hmm. We're all playing GM here and we're all saying, okay, maybe what we thought we needed, we don't need, maybe this is what we need. So I think it's been, the timing of this has been good. There's still seven weeks and I'm here to tell you, they won't, you know, there's a, there's going to be a rough patch coming down the road here because mm -hmm. there always is. So I think that by the time we get to Feb, you know, 20th, yeah, I think Everyone, including Ken Holland, is going to have an excellent idea what is required in Edmonton. How much goaltending do you need behind Skinner, if any? You know, do you? What do we need in the forward ranks? I don't know that they're going to get a lot better on defense because I just think that priority is. You know, we'll see what happens, but I think the priority is in other places, and they don't have that many assets or cap space. So, I think the Oilers are in a good spot, man. They're they're. Are they going to win the division? I don't think you're catching Vancouver. Who cares? They're going to make, you know, get in the playoffs, play some good hockey. I think they've discovered a brand of hockey here that we haven't seen in this town that's working for them, right? They're playing a, a defensive game right now that is foreign to mm -hmm. Northern Alberta. And uh, as long as, you know, the more times they repeat that game, Kev, yeah. the easier it will be in April and May to fall back on that game. And at that time of year, you got to be able to fall back on a 2-1 win once in a while. You know, they have six games here uh, coming up starting tonight before the end of the month and then like 10 days off with the All-Star yeah. break. So I think at that point, after their final game before the All-Star break, which is a Saturday afternoon game against Nashville here, you sit back, you recalibrate, yeah. you take a deep breath, and you go, we got 10, 10 days to look at stuff here and yep. what we're going to do moving forward. So, hey, Spec, thanks for this, buddy. We'll see you down at the rink tonight. All right, sounds good. That's Mark Spector on the mark, energized by Booster Juice. You can get the boost you need at Booster Juice when we come back. Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Rooter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped. That Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. So we welcome in Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff. Good morning, Frank. How is Eagles Nation this morning? Not good. Pretty angry, I would say. <laughs> I could imagine. And pretty well deserved. I mean, this team absolutely quit six weeks ago. I've never seen a team fall apart and crumple, fold like a cheap tent in a soft wind like these Eagles have done. I, I The thing last night, I just couldn't believe how bad the tackling was. It was like watching Pop Warner football. It might be worse. Honestly, and, and these are guys that, you know – James Bradbury was a second team all pro last year. Like what happened here? Where, where Jalen hurts. I know that he didn't have all of his weapons, but like he didn't even look close to being a difference maker. He couldn't run. It seemed. And, 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 tr and you know, you're dealing now with Jason Kelsey, like mm -hmm. last game he retires, tells his teammates afterwards. It's his last game. Like to go out like that. Oh. I wish he would have said something before the game. Don't, don't don't let this Absolutely. be my last game. 
Absolutely a pathetic effort. Yeah, Hertz only had that one really long zip pass that you know to Devonta Smith that we really saw all night. I don't that know. That was the only guy he threw to all night. Yeah. To well, his own detriment. You know, and Goddard had a few here and there, and then they're whining. Goddard had some words for him Man. during one of those timeouts. It's just, uh, it's too bad. And it's funny, you know, Frank, you know, six weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, Dallas and and Philadelphia being, are, they, are they better than the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC? And the argument was there. Well, because the Eagles had yeah. beaten the, the, the Niners last year to go to the Super Bowl, throttled them, and then... You know, they lose to them, and that kind of started this whole trickle-down effect this year of the whole team just falling apart. Yeah, too bad, too bad, because, uh, you know, I enjoy the Philadelphia angle with, you know, how many, you know, they've been, like last year, you know, they were they were right there with Kansas City. They were right there, so. It was one of the best Super Bowls yes. we've seen in mm-hmm. a while, and, man, I just, I'm, I'm sour today. I'm also, <laughs> you know, I'm a, a season ticket holder, yeah. and. To to be eleven and one and not get a single playoff home game is it's criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, too bad. Anyway, uh, so last Think night of all in, the money in, I saved. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and when you were going Frank to the games, they were hot. Like I mean, every week you came on, it seemed you were like the we good were luck pumping chart. them up. Yes, embarrassing. Mm. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, last night in the NHL, a uh, big night for Marc-Andre Fleury, 552 wins. I mean, uh, he, no one's going to catch uh, uh, Marty Brodeur at 691, but 552, and he's got some gas left in the tank, I would imagine you'd think as well. Some people were chirping when I had put out the stat a few weeks ago about how ridiculous it is, not just that he got to 1,000 games, which I don't think will ever be broken again, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're talking about someone coming into the league basically as an 18 year old and playing 50 games a year for 20 years. No one, hardly anyone plays 50 plus games, let alone does it for 20 years. So that mark will never be broken. And people were belly aching about his win total saying, well, go back and look in NHL history. What about all the guys that got robbed of wins because of the tie. So I said, okay, go in and let's just assume that someone who had a ton of ties, a hundred ties, let's call half of them wins and add it to their total. It still doesn't compare to Mark Andre Fleury. And so it mm-hmm. speaks to how consistently well he's played. And to hear like teammate after teammate, year after year, different teams speak about how he's the favorite teammate they've ever had. Like, He's going to go down as not just a first ballot Hall of Famer, but honestly one of the most popular players in NHL history. And with his teammates, I think all the the lores and the stories of him being a practical joker still to this day with doing practical jokes that we don't hear Sneaking about. Sneaking into the Penguins yes. locker room this year? You know, like to, to, to juice Sidney Crosby still after being away, you know. I mean, I, I'm betting that special. those guys are on their toes all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? You mentioned some gas left in the tank. Mm-hmm. I'm releasing my Western Conference trade deadline objective Mm. story today. And look, the Minnesota Wild are in a tough spot. They're pretty far down the standings now. It's not just that they played really well. They got the coaching bump that anyone would hope to expect when Dean Evason was fired and John Hines took over. The problem is every single key contributor that they have to their team from Philip Gustafson to Kirill Kaprizov, Jared Spurgeon, 
they've all missed time and you can't replace those guys and mm. they've been ravaged by injury. If, if they're out of it, does Mark Andre flurry in a year in which you're trying to drum up some goaltending success for a lot of teams, is he willing to go somewhere and be a number two for a chance at a Stanley cup? Another one. I think he is at this stage. Don't you? That part is hard for me to answer because he's so family-oriented and the Wild certainly aren't going to ask him. He would have to volunteer. And I think that part is there's still left to be decided. Mm-hmm. And I'm One sure- of the real nice things with Minnesota was when he was living in Chicago after that trade, their owner, Craig Leopold, said to him when they made the trade, hey, uh, Craig Leopold lives in Wisconsin. He said, I have my private jet. I come to almost every home game. If we get some breaks in the schedule, or even if not, and you want to go home at any point, you can hitch a ride. I'll drop you off in Chicago on my way back to Wisconsin. (laughs) And that's what they would do multiple times in his first year before his family could move out. Oh, I mean, that's an owner right there. Uh, Frank Saravalli, uh, Daily Faceoff uh, on Sports 1440. So this list that you're compiling, Frank, you say you're working on it today. Any other big kind of names that you can throw out there that will be on this list when you uh, publish it? So it's not necessarily name-focused. Okay. It's going through each team and identifying their top need. And for the Oilers, I mean, for me, it's kind of simple. It's got some flexibility and variability in it, but – it says that the Oilers' top objective is either third-line center or second-line right wing. And depending on what they do with McLeod and how they want to attack that situation, could you maybe get Corey Perry to come in and be that right shooting option? That would really, I think, help this lineup. Then you could, if you get Perry, then you could go after the 3C. And if you feel like you're safe with McLeod and Perry, that you could then go about adding a uh, a true defender, another one. And you could also potentially look at your 1B goalie c- scenario. Like there's a lot on the mm-hmm. list, but I think it starts with 3C or 2RW. And how much traffic, how much talk has there been in the Perry camp about, uh, you know, resurfacing here? Yeah, I think they've been going through the list, fielding the expressions of interest. Uh, there's there's more than a handful. I think they are you know sort of beginning to compare teams and situations. And I don't really have any doubt in my mind that Corey Perry is going to be coming back to play this year. It's a question of where and when. And for the Oilers, like their due diligence has been ongoing for weeks. Uh, This is certainly a player that makes sense for them. They're interested in. I think the interest is mutual. I think they're on his list of a short list of teams that would really be a good fit for him as he tries to chase that elusive second Stanley Cup. And we'll see where this goes, but it it Mm. does connect a lot of dots. Do you think, Frank, that we're waiting till like after the All-Star break for some, you know, for some momentum to get gained here? Yeah, I think that would make sense. A sort of perfect entry point also for someone coming into a team. You know, guys get a few days off. He gets a chance to, you know, at some point get familiar and and wrap his brain around it. Um, That that makes sense. I think the only thing that really looms deadline-wise is that, of course, he'd have to be on a roster by March 8th in order to be eligible for the the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Frank Cervalli with us on Sports 1440. Uh, Speaking of the All-Star game, Frank, are you feeling a little more 
maybe players are a little more excited about it this year, maybe because of that skills competition thing, or is it just the same old, same old thing? No, I, I think there is a little extra juice. I think the celebrity draft that's going to take place, having a Justin Bieber involved, <laughs> like he obviously was part of designing the jerseys, like that's probably going to help. But I think the skills competition is going to be the thing of the weekend. Yeah. I mean, you look at the list of players that are participating and it's it's the who's who. Like these are going to be sometime at some point all-time greats that we're talking about 30 years down the road all on the ice in yeah. one competition. The first eight guys that were picked are like next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight in Edmonton, Frank, Oilers and Leafs. Every time the Leafs or the Habs come to town, it's a big deal, as you know. Mm. Uh, from an outsider's perspective on the East it's a Coast. great opportunity to sell tickets. Oh, yes, it is. Sell yeah. your season tickets for one they, game, have it pay for a chunk of the year. They do, and it happens all the time. But, you know, from your perspective, uh, when, you know, an original six and the Leafs coming in tonight, just uh, your your perspective and take on tonight's tilt. Yeah, I think, look, the Leafs, to me, are obviously a really talented team that has some real holes to fill. And right now, as they're currently constituted, I don't have the Leafs as a Stanley Cup contender. Mm -hmm. I have them in the pretender category. A good team that thinks they can do damage. And until they go out and solve some of their issues on the back end by going out to get multiple defensemen, then I think they're going to remain at that juncture because it's hard to really take them seriously when – they're icing, and and some guys have done some pretty admirable jobs. Simone Benoit, for instance, this year he's really grown a lot. But is anyone looking at him playing, you know, at times second pair minutes and saying this is a team that's ready to to go on a deep run? I, I don't see it. And like so many other teams, and including the Oilers, they've got a goalie issue to figure out now with what's been going on with Ilya Samsonov, and is he back? And do you trust him? Those are two. Pretty big questions. How about this, Frank? And I um, pose this at the top of the show. I said that the Leafs are not even a lock to make the playoffs this year. I think that's fair. I think just statistically, that's obviously the case. But I'm not really in love with any of the teams that are chasing them is also part of the problem. Mm It's like, you know, is Pittsburgh going to run them down? Is it the devil? Like, who... Who's going to basically catch them and knock them out of the position that they're in? Could it be Tampa? I guess mm-hmm. um, the Caps. I'm, I'm not seeing it. Like I, it's no one's really presenting a real threat. Is the problem uh, Detroit? Possibly, maybe. You we'll know. see how that Patrick Kane injury mm-hmm. that looms large. What What are you hearing on that end? I think it's been too early to tell. Um, I think they're seeking some opinions. A lot of people wanted to jump to the conclusion that it was the hip. Um, I do not believe or have evidence that that is the case, although, man, some of that video certainly looked like that hip was taking a beating. Mm. Uh, Going forward, NFL, just quickly, Frank, uh, who do you like moving forward here? Well, the conspiracy theory, I know I hate to go there after Aaron Rodgers – you know, brought it up, but the whole Super Bowl logo thing and the colors is awful weird. Have okay. you seen that? No, I haven't. Uh, enlighten us. So, so look at the last two years of the Super Bowl logo. Okay. The colors of the logo end up being the exact colors of teams that are represented in the Super Bowl, and the logos were made like obviously years and or months in advance. 
So the Eagles last year was green and red Eagles and chiefs. You know, the year before that it had the two teams in the Super Bowl. this year they're purple. Hello, Baltimore Ravens and (laughs) red. Hello, San Francisco 49ers. What are the odds that those two teams end up being the number one seeds? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I'm going to go, uh, Ravens and Niners. Well, I think a lot of people are are taking that as well. Uh, hey, Frank, thanks for this. And one other thing we were just talking, do you have like a personal assistant that takes care of all your, like how many of these do you, you do, what, 20 a day? <laughs> uh, like, it's 1036 Eastern yeah. right now. Uh, this is my third hit of the day, <laughs> and I have been at my desk since 6.30. So, like, is there, like, a Ada from uh, Seinfeld for Costanza? I wish. Remember? Honestly, like, I keep seeing all these things on, on uh, social media, like, get an AI yeah. executive assistant. And I'm like, yeah, okay, so I can then go back and fix all the issues. Like, well, that defies the, the purpose. What you should do is just get your Remchuk to go out there and do it. Uh, he does that anyway. We just don't tell him. <laughs> hey, thanks, Frank. Appreciate your time. We'll talk to you on Thursday. See you, Kevin. All right, that's uh, Frank Saravalli from The Daily Faceoff and, of course, our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. Maybe, would you ever, what if Frank said, Duke, I know you're loving it out there in minus 30 degrees. <laughs> I know you're tagging cow's ears today. I know you're doing the chores on the farm, but what about coming out to the city of brotherly love and being my executive assistant? What would you say? Jeez, what an <laughs> what what an offer! What an offer! I guess I need um, a full uh, a full rundown of what the job would entail. My day to day. What would my day to day look like? Coffee what, in the morning, what, Frank. What, uh, two what, lumps and some what cream. Growth. What uh, what opportunity for growth and advancement is there within the uh, within the role? Um, you know all your all your standard interview <laughs> questions. Um, I've I've never been to Philly. I've never really been anywhere out on the east coast of the United States. So yeah. uh, I would love to go kind of check that out. But maybe I'd have to go on like a um, uh, just like your M Chuck did around American Thanksgiving this year, kind of like a goodwill tour. Go and check it all out and see boots on the ground firsthand before making <laughs> a a full decision on uprooting my life, which. Apart from you know obviously my family being from here, I don't have very many uh, hard tie downs or anything. Mm-hmm. I got no, uh, I don't own a home. I don't got no, I don't got no wife. <laughs> well, you're gonna stay in Frank's basement. That's what your check did when he went out there. Didn't that he? sounds like a pretty good gig. Then I can like go and uh, coach Frank's uh, kids' hockey yeah. teams and stuff. Oh yeah, assistant coach. There we go. Wow, lots of lots of opportunities. It's for there me for you. We, well, we can't afford to lose you though, dude. We <laughs> can't mean, afford to we lose. We're you. already training, we got Donovan the intern the replacement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got to get to a whole whack of your texts. Uh, Cat Dad, Beerman, iMac, uh, Dino, Titans, Todd, and Corey, Silicon Steve. We've got a whole bunch to get through when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, yeah. The Duke comes through for Beerman, who requested that song for Twang Tuesday. Got a new thing around here, Duke, or what? Well, that's uh, that's Low Tide and Declan's thing, is Twang Tuesday. But I I mean, like, every day is kind of Twang Day here. We usually get at least one country song in the mix uh, mm-hmm. on a daily basis, if not more, so. <laughs> uh, text coming in, one 1440 KW said uh, they should do a video tribute to the Maple Leafs tonight for signing Tavares, and we got Zach Hyman. <laughs> I think we won this deal. Silicon Steve says Kane is going to have a great game tonight. Had a pizza party with a U nine team last night, getting some love from the hockey moms. Is that does that mean that Kane was doing this or what? I have no idea. 
Clarify it, Silicone Steve. Clarify it. Maybe like Kane. Does Kane's he, well, you see him kid like, play? No, no, not old enough, I don't think. Um, but Kane will go to a lot of things. Like you saw what he did at Christmas time. He goes yes. to, you know, and gets the toys and does whatever he does. And a lot of stuff that Evander Kane does, it's... He doesn't want like you know. Yeah, there there might be an Oilers camera there or something like that. But he doesn't he doesn't need the the publicity of it. He just wants to kind of do it, which is great. And uh, kudos to Evander for doing a lot of stuff like that in our city. Corey texts in the Oilers need to play physical tonight against the Leafs' top players, even dirty. As soon as Colorado turned up the hitting, the Leafs folded. Kind of agree with Corey. Anytime you play a physical type of game on the team's top players, they lose interest in a hurry, and that goes both ways. Titans Todd says, I started dating my missus in 2017. She's a Leafs fan, and I've taken her to every game at home since then. The Oilers have yet to win. Yeah, they won in 2021 with no fans in the building. Please, for the love of all that is right, let's extend this win streak to 11 goal Oilers. Titans Todd, thanks for that one. If you got a text, one uh, 1440 do you think the Oilers will extend this streak to 11? What's it going to take tonight? Uh, a physical type of game. Uh, iMac comes in and says, uh, do you think the defensive focus is because of Knobloch or did Coffee just listen to all the defensemen and how important they are, not just... Evan Bouchard. I'm not kind of sure what you're getting at there, IMAC, but no no offense intended, but to know off the glass and uh, possess the puck, make a play with it, uh, can't be just because Coffee said it. Well, I think one of the things that's changed, or maybe you can see about the coaching staff coming in, and that's Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey, is, is the confidence and the belief system. And it's funny, like the Oilers, I mean, they had to have had that before with Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. They had to have had it last year. They ripped off a nine-game winning streak. They've had, you know, some success winning some playoff games, but then they lost it, and that's why it cost those two guys their job. I said this at the start of this new coaching regime, and I actually passed this on to some people in the organization, and they said, you're bang on. I said when Jay Woodcroft was fired, the Oilers locker room was not okay with it. But they were okay with Chris Knobloch coming in, the new coach coming in. So you have to kind of decipher that the way it's relayed, but that's kind of how the team felt. They were not okay with the coach getting fired, but they were okay with the new coach coming in. That's changed a lot. And it's changed how oh, their outcome is, obviously. 20-6 and six under Chris Knobloch. 10-game winning streak, 8-game winning streak. First coach in history to have two winning streaks of 8-plus games before game 25 in your coaching career. Tiger goes, hey, Fra- hey guys, you know Frank is coming to Alberta next week. He's going to Jasper. It's uh, Frank's winter vacation. Matt says, Oilers need to add top nine forward, a fourth-line guy, Holloway, and a depth D. Then we win the cup. Well, let's just worry about adding a couple of pieces and, you know, solidifying a playoff spot first. Cat Dad says, I love Philadelphia just because of the history. Eastern State Penitentiary was one of the most amazing tours I've ever gone on, also the freakiest. Ever go to a penitentiary? Duke, not, not when you were... 
incar- incarcerated, but just on a tour? Never been in e- in either capacity. You've, have you ever spent a night in the tank? Or in no. The oh God, no, no, no. I've never even. Actually, no. I have been. I've sat in the back of a cop car, very briefly. Really, it, it, and it was a. It was. It was like it was a um, uh, misunderstanding with my insurance. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, like so they. I got pulled over okay. one night, and they just said, "Yeah, your insurance is oh, expired." Really? Okay. And or no, I sorry, not insurance. Outstanding ticket. And they're like, yeah, we have to. And I was like, I paid this. And they're like, there's no record of it. I was like, I can show you the bank statement of me paying this ticket. And so like they were on the phone. It was the middle of the night. They like, I was on my way home back to the city yeah. from Delburn one night uh, when I was in school. So and it was just a random pullover? Or did they know yeah, right away? Or did yeah. they run your plate? And Yeah, I think that must have been what it was. They ran a plate and said, oh, yeah, there's a, like a warrant on an unpaid ticket. And they, uh, they're like, and so then, yeah, like they're like, technically, we have to arrest you. So I sat in the cop car and like I listened to them on the phone with the whatever. Were you scared? Red, red, red. Well, I was, I was not scared. I was like, well, this is kind of BS. Like I know I've paid this ticket, and they got all sorted out and they let me go. Did they feel like, oh, sorry, Duke? Did yeah, they, they yeah. felt they felt yeah. bad. The cops did. <laughs> the, the guy, the one, the one, the one officer actually on the phone with whomever, like I don't know, like some sort of um, administration officer or something, was basically like, how does this happen? Like we just. We just mm-hmm. put this guy in the back of the cop car for no reason. So it, it was just a big misunderstanding. I had no ill will. Like, I, they're just doing their job. So Jordo says to you, Duke, you always have to hold on to the physical receipts. Don't ask how I know <laughs> yeah, how. There, there you go. Good uh, good piece of it. But I didn't have a physical receipt because mm-hmm. I paid it via mail. Right? Like I sent a check in the mail for this ticket. How long ago was this? This was back in like, it was one of my first couple of years of school. So okay. like 2014 maybe. You sure there wasn't an outstanding warrant for anything? Well, they thought there was. <laughs> no, but it, I mean, it was, I, mean it was like for, a, I mean for something a little more, you know, notorious, <sighs> nefarious, something like yeah. But I, what what would I do? Oh, I'm I'm as I'm as clean cut as they uh, come. Duke, you're greasy. Sure, I've I've mixed it up a little on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, but like, I'm I'm not a fighter. <laughs> I've never never been like I don't, I don't go to the bar looking for scraps or nothing, and I'm not a thief. I'm not an arsonist. I'm just a uh, you can read Jordan's next. I'm, well, just, this a is regular, I'm just, just a regular. I'm just a regular guy. guy. Okay, just a regular Joe. Well, we had some dust ups back in the day. That where, I believe. Where might have had a little, spend a couple of hours detained. <laughs> is that a good word? In the like in the in the tank. Yeah. 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 But that and, was. I mean, well, like what? What? Uh, there was where, a little. Where, what? Like in Yorkton? This was in Malville. They have yeah. a jail in Melville? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's full every night, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, is, there, is there like an RCMP detachment in Melville? Oh, yeah, they, a big oh, one. Big oh, really? One. Yeah, there's oh, probably. I know that. And I used to know all of them, like on a first-name basis. Yeah, because you're, you're there every weekend. Uh, exactly. So and one of them, well, one of them was our neighbor, Neil McLean. I remember when I was a young kid, he was uh, RCMP. And, well, here's another one. How's this, Duke? Across the street, I've told this on the air several times, grew, grew up with Todd McClellan across the street. So yes. he, he grew up, you know, three houses down across the street. Actually, I just was, he was, I just was going through some old texts. He sent some pictures uh, when he was back in Melville doing some stuff at his, I guess his uncle's house. Uh, anyway, his dad was an RCMP officer, Bill McClellan. Hmm. So there were, you know, there were, you know, they, they kept us in line. They kept us in line. Um, Gord Oil, Texan. 
Good morning, Kevin. Uh, as per a couple of texts, a couple of players at certain positions or the most skill does not win the cup. The cup is won by the best team while the playoffs are actually being played. Team play is what it takes. Yes, Gordoyle, that is how it works. Uh, good text. Trucker Joe says, uh, KK and Duke, I think we need some grit. Corey Perry and a 7th D-man, also a 4th line center with some size for the playoffs. Trucker Joe, these are all things on the wish list. There's no question about that. Depth in the playoffs and depth, you know, down the stretch. The Oilers, to be honest with you, are going to be playing the whole month of April are going to be playing playoff games and at a playoff clip because of their schedule, which is just insane to finish out the, the year. Six games in nine days to finish off the regular season. That is a lot of hockey. You're going to need the depth just to spell some guys off going in to the playoffs. Um, I don't know. Jordan's on you. Is this Jordan? Is this directed to you, Duke? I'm not even sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Jordan <laughs> thinks I've uh, got a certain a certain uh, je ne sais quoi, perhaps that I could have used to weasel my way out of this using my physical appearance and stature. But I tell mm. you, that is definitely not the case. If I ever tried to bat my eyelashes and bite my lip, they'd like immediately put me in handcuffs and arrest me for like. I don't know. Being a loser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Al Dente says, would Bukestead be a good fit to return? I think he would. I don't know if the contract works because he's got a couple. He signed a two-year deal, I believe, uh, to stay with Arizona. But again, size and right-hand shot, face-offs. Uh, Team Dean says, Holloway, Perry, get Bukestead back. These are all great, great ads. A lot of people want to upgrade the defense as well. IMAC is saying priority was off the glass. That's what he was trying to kind of get through. Uh, now it's hang on to it and wait for fresh forwards to move forward. Uh, there was that. There is, in fact, a huge change with Knobloch and Coffee. Uh, the whole play starts from from there where he, Underwoody was get it out, and the forwards will try to get it or forecheck for it. Uh, hard to kind of read that on the fly but uh when we come back it's going to be a jam-packed nine and ten o'clock hour and looking forward to some great guests for sure uh 10 o'clock dennis bayak winnipeg jets uh that's his last gig in the nhl did the jets play-by-play for tsn now in arizona he uh we were texting yesterday he's in arizona and that's where he is kind of Settle down for retirement for the winner. I mean, after he was just at the World Junior Hockey Championship, if you remember, beautiful uh, moment to Craig Button, his color commentator, presented him with a Flin Flon Bombers jersey because that's where it all started uh, for Dennis in, in 1971 or something, 70 or 71. So a great career for Dennis Bayak. And you know, a lot of people don't know, maybe you don't know Duke, but he was assistant GM for the Saskatoon Blades. He was GM in Seattle, Tri-City. So he, he ran the gamut in the Western League doing a, a lot of stuff, uh, you know, as far as a management level goes. Nick Kiprios will be with us at 10.20 and Caitlin Slater at 9.20. And this all will be tag-teamed with our co-host from 9 to 11 from uh, Palm Desert. Grant Fear, the Hockey Hall of Famer, did the game last night. Coachella Valley shut out Henderson, I believe, 3-0. So we will uh, check in with Grant when we come back on the uh, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Before that, time now for Sports 1440 Update, brought to you by Tommy Guns. Our unique lounges and casual setting makes it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot Towel shave experience in Canada, hands down. 
Book it now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke.